so excited to introduce today's guest to you. Today's guest is head coach of DLD Nation. This is an incredible company that works and teaches so many women and men how to eat properly, how to control their food, track it and train, learn to love the process. And I connected with Maddie a couple years ago when we were in similar business programs. We just missed each other's path, but we had so many similarities. And at that point we connected and I've been following her and fangirling her ever since. Um, myself and Maddie are a very similar situation in our life. We are both planning for a wedding. We are both working full time at helping women being a health coach, right? And I just really wanted an opportunity for us to connect, to get on a call together and discuss a really great topic, which is common weight loss struggles, right? I wanted to get on here and go through what are the most common weight loss struggles and how have we personally struggled through them and how we connectively have worked through that to get to a place where we can help other people maintain their health, make progress in their health, and so much more. So here she is, Maddie Kuzmanal. I totally said that wrong, <laughs> but here is Maddie. I am going to introduce her and we are going to dive right in. Hello. Oh, I got to change my name on here. I'm on Spencer's account. I know. <laughs> I saw that when I came in, but I already introduced you because I was excited. Um, and I mean, we talked about it already, what we wanted to discuss, right? It's such a great topic because we first initially connected a couple years ago and I just was like, gosh, I feel like we're, we're so similar and I've been fangirling and following you ever since. Right. And I feel again, now we're both at very similar situations in our life. We're, we're training full time, working towards a wedding near the end of the year. So I wanted to get on, I wanted an excuse to chat with you basically. Yes. <laughs> so thank you for taking time. Cause I know you're very busy. You're a head coach right now. And like myself, we're all busy, right? So thanks for taking some time to, to get on here with us. Of course. Thank you for having me. I would love like, more excuses to have conversations with you. I love it. And I love like just what we're going to be diving into because I feel like it's something that so many people can relate to. I know. And my, most of my audience is women, but it's, it's common struggles that are everybody almost struggles with in some varying degree. Yes, for sure. Right. So let's talk about the first one. That's going to just get the ball rolling. Of course, let's talk about the biggest struggle. Again, I, I say this does affect more women, but I do know that men do struggle with this a little bit themselves to the low carb, the keto carbs are bad bull crap. Oh yeah. Yes. I was a victim of low carb. Like that was my first go-to when I got into fitness because my mom had so much success with it and she actually did it really well. Like she 
like if anybody, you know how they say when someone does keto, people are not truly in ketosis because they, they have more carbs than like that threshold you have to meet. But my mom, I swear she actually did like full blown keto and she was shredded. Like it was crazy. And I was obviously very inspired. I was in high school at the time. And so the things that she believed to be true as well, that was the first bit of knowledge that was passed down to me as far as like, you want this, do this. And so she would make this amazing, um, like garlic parm Brussels sprouts meal for dinner, um, which still some carbs from the Brussels sprouts, but like, there's no bread, there's no rice, there's no potatoes. Like, yeah, at least she showed you the good positive side of the keto because unfortunately the majority of our diet culture is the negative side where you're putting cream cheese in all your foods and it's just (laughs) processed foods, right? Like you lose, there's a connection of healthy, making you healthy. And that's why you're losing weight. And then the unhealthy ways to do it. Right. I also have been through that myself too. Um, I've definitely struggled with feeling like, you know, less is more right? You want to lose weight faster? How can I cut out food? And since carbs are just always so deemed so bad, that's usually your first Mm go-to, right? Especially because when you're off track, I mean, yeah, you're eating more carbs, but you're also eating a lot more unhealthy fats as well, processed foods. So it's just sucks that carbs are given that bad name. It does. And, you know, it's hard too because these young women, even, I mean, young women, middle-aged, older women, you get on Google and I think still when you look up like, how do I lose weight? Which I would Google those things as like a little high school girl, like just desperately wanting to look like that girl I saw on the beach with this super flat stomach or just wanting to feel more comfortable in my skin as it's still developing. I think that a lot of the things that are first going to pop up are like carb blocker supplements or carb restricted diets. And I think because I, I used this analogy once and it hit home for a lot of people. We believe that to be true because somebody told it to us one time. Like when we're kids, someone tells you that Santa Claus is real. So you're like, okay, like Santa's real. Let's all right. That's, that's it. And then, you know, you're growing up, you hear a woman talking about, oh, I got to stay away from carbs because I'm trying to stay thin. You hear that one time and then you hear it from another, like a commercial and then like a radio ad and everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. And it sticks in your head what you, what you did believe. And that's why I was, I was shocked a little bit when you had that positive perspective of keto, because I know that is possible, right? People can eat lower curb, but still be a health in a healthy situation. I'm actually type one diabetic. So I do tend lower curb, but I mean, there's low carb and there's keto. There's a, there's a big difference, right? Um, personally with managing my blood sugars, I go with the higher fats rather than the carbs, but yeah, it's nice. It's, I just wish there was more women like you, women that are sharing the good side of it, right? Because I'm kind of in the same mission myself, right? I want to help women not have a negative perspective going into to dieting, restrict themselves like crazy and, you know, feel like it's a temporary fix. It's long-term. Yeah. 
And that's why, you, you know, if a keto or whatever version my mom ended up doing, it was great that it worked for her. And then when I started doing it, though, I realized, like, I want to have a sandwich. I want to be able to go have pizza with my friends and not feel like, well, screw the whole diet then, because if you have that, you failed. And that's where that restriction piece comes in and why diets with names usually like, like keto or like South Beach or Atkins it's like they, they have some sort of list of no, you cannot have this. Whereas I want, I wanted to feel, and what I now want all of my clients to feel is like, I can go to a bachelorette weekend or a birthday party and literally have whatever I want. I'm just not going to eat like a total asshole. Like I'm going to, I'm going to make choices that make sense. I'm going to have the cake and eat it too. And, and then move on and get back to my normal, like threshold of eating and whole foods and things like that. But it's hard to break those old ways of thinking because we find something to blame. We say, if I want to lose weight, carbs, like you're the demon. Boom. I have my answer now. And that's where it comes around. Like most people, when they want to go to that, they're just looking for a solution first off, but the gap is the balance right? Because there is going to be, and this is the next thing I want to discuss, like family gatherings, holidays, events, weddings, uh, you know, they happen. And as much as you want to wait for a perfect time, there's going to be a holiday around the corner, a birthday, something. And it's not that you can't enjoy those. You should. That's why it's so important to control the other days of the week, the other meals that are not special, big events. Right. And I love the same thing with, I do the same thing, right. It's control. And it's, it makes more sense if you save that big cheat meal for a holiday, for a date night, not when you're just last minute unorganized and opting for an easy choice. Right. Yeah. And, And I like that point too, that you mentioned that like waiting for that perfect time to start because you try to like gather in your head, you know, if I have two birthday parties to go to this, this month and you know, it's also Thanksgiving or, or like Halloween or whatever it's going to be. You're starting to think of all the reasons why, Oh, I can't commit to a diet because these things aren't going to fit. Like I'm going to end up failing and wasting my money. But it's like, if you find a way to approach this diet where those birthday parties and the weddings and the celebrations can actually be part of the way that you're approaching all this, then you're good. And then you don't need the perfect time to start because it's whenever it's whenever you're feeling ready for that change. Exactly. And again, you control what, you know, I had one girl start Christmas week. I'm like, you know what? That's great. And it was even her pre-start week. So we weren't fully just started just yet. And you know, she wasn't perfect on Christmas. She didn't track her food on Christmas, but there was other days of the week on Christmas where you could get a workout in, where you could track some of your meals and have some sort of control, right? The weight loss struggle comes in when we think that like, okay, I'm just going to do it till I get to my goal, right? You got to find a way to love the process, right? Love the workouts, love the training piece of it. Do we all love tracking our food? Not always. No, but that's where consistency comes in too. Yes, definitely. And like, I I think that when, like what you said with enjoying it, that's that keyword that everyone's bringing up sustainability. If the approach isn't sustainable, then the results aren't going to be sustainable. 
Exactly. You got it. And we'll go back to your sandwich analogy, which is perfect too, because I have gotten myself to a level of, you know, balance, but I'm not willing to give up certain dates, nights, or certain treats every now and then when I go on vacation. Right. And there's, there has to be an approach that works for both. Right. And there has to be a consistency somewhere where you're You're still finding the time to get the workouts in. And when event does come up, I mean, it's nice. It's okay if you take time off sometimes too, even with regards to the gym. Yeah, you need to, like, you need those mental breaks from whether it's movement or the tracking itself and and finding, again, an approach that allows you to take a step back when you need it without convincing you that you've ruined it all. Like, that's huge because I think something that stops so many women and men from actually succeeding on their way to this goal is that there is this black and white failure and success where it's like, okay, you follow all of our strict, strict rules. You're succeeding, you're grinding, like you're doing it, you're giving it your all, but you have one piece of birthday cake or you, you know, you go on a vacation Bye. like you failed. Like there's no hope for you. You're gonna have to wait until you're ready to start again. And you won't reach your goal, but I, it's again, our poor diet culture that has made us feel that way. So many of us have felt that way. Even my clients were still coaching through like, no, it's okay that you made a mistake and it's okay that you, you didn't eat a perfect meal. You can guess sometimes you can ballpark it, right? You're still going to make progress every week, even if it's not necessarily on the scale. Yes. And that's a hard thing for people to wrap their head around too, is that this, it's always like the cardio, the carbs and the scale. And it's like, did I do my cardio? Okay. That that's, I'm winning. I checked a box. Is the, um, did I avoid carbs? Yes. Okay. But all of a sudden the scale is up. Oh, well, nope. Like even it's not working. So why am I cutting these carbs? I need to go back to what I was eating before. So it's like, there has to be a balance of like, you should enjoy what you're eating now. It's okay if the weight goes up a little bit, right? Especially if you know you're doing the work, you know you're doing the workouts, then not that to say that you don't struggle with that mindset, but that takes practice, right? Trying to, to get away from that scale. I find, again, I'm going to blame our diet culture, but <laughs> we feel like if we're, it's like a race, right? A constant race that like, if I'm not, exactly down two pounds every two weeks, like every week, like I'm failing. It's like, hell no, a half a pound is amazing. Yeah. Right. But those, there's so many, those diets, like 21 day fix or abs in six weeks. Mm -hmm. Like I would love abs in six months. Like (laughs) what's the race? Yeah. And that, like, I think on one hand, like it's great if someone has, let's say a vacation coming up and, and that helps as like a motivator, but these diets that are like, Hey, you're going to do this for 30 days. And then you're done. You're done forever. You have the body of your dreams and you're good to go. It's like, just listen to that. Doesn't that sound too good to be true? And you're almost like you're signing up, but then in the back of your head, you're thinking, I'm not going to stay true to this for 30 days. Like, I don't even know what I'm getting myself into. And it's like, it doesn't, um, oh, one of our, so DLD Nation, the company that I'm with, 
our CEO, Dela, her husband, Sean, he is incredible with all things like mindset. And one of the things that he said once, I don't know if it's his own phrase or if it was coined from someone else, but the direction that you're moving in is more important than the speed that you're going, something along those lines. So even if you're only seeing half a pound down on the scale each week, you're still moving in the right direction. And I always like to picture, you ever see someone share about their weight loss progress or their client's progress and they show this bar graph or not a bar graph, but like a, a data point graph. And you see all these little data points like week to week and they're scattered all over the graph. But after, you know, three months time, if you showed a trend of where those data points are going, even though some weeks it's a little up and down, the overall trend is still down. And sure, it might take you longer, but you're on your way there. So it's like that patience is so hard to learn. It is. It's hard to not say, okay, when I do this, then I'll be happy. Or how fast can I get there so I can stop doing the shit, like the terrible stuff. It's about progress. And I've always felt that way, but I'm constantly working on ways of like trying to get my clients to understand that same path. Right. And that's where, even if we come back to the the thing that we had said about gatherings and birthdays, like those might be the things that are your dip in your chart, but that's okay because you can still make progress beyond the scale in those moments, right? Maybe if last year at Christmas, you ate three boxes of cookies that your mom made, you know, like that was okay, but there's room for growth, you know, even if you still ate one box, you don't want to get into that all or nothing of like, I'm a failure. I didn't be, I wasn't perfect over Christmas. You know, there's a happy balance. If you only ate one box, that is progress. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's so much progress beyond the scale. And that's where, again, learning to love the process needs to come in too. Right. I'm yeah. sorry. Nobody loves cardio every day <laughs> of the week. You can't. <laughs> Maybe marathon runners, but I don't know. I, I, I know I still have some clients who are like, they do enjoy the cardio piece. Are they doing it every day? No, but they love that part. And I'm like, I don't see it. I want to get in the weight room. That's it. <laughs> not for me. But <laughs> it's not for me. Exactly. Um, but let's, okay. Let's talk about a really good weight loss struggle that we've heard forever, forever. No time to work out. Oh yeah. We're all busy, right? And that's actually my niche. I work with busy women who cannot, you know, prioritize themselves. They don't have the time to go do the research and find the recipes, but you, and we're, we're somebody who definitely optimizes our day the same way, but we have different schedules. Like I'm a stay at home mom. So if I don't get my workout in most days in the morning, I'll never get it in. But you make your own schedule too. So tell me what has led you to finding that morning routine and optimizing your day. Because once you start, then you can, it's very hard to go back, right? Uh, yeah, once you find something that works really well for you, you're going to notice like, wow, I'm not forcing myself to do this because I'm trying to lose weight or whatever it is. I'm doing this because like I'm, I'm reaping the benefits now and I'm realizing I just bought my time back. So something that like my routine 
manner, I think started honestly back in like middle school, like when, you know, you really start caring about what you look like when you go to school, straightening your hair was like, you have to wake up in the morning. You have to straighten your hair. You have to put on mascara and wear the cutest outfit. And so like, that was something I cared, I cared so much about when I was in middle school, I was like, I have to make sure I get up and get ready for school, but I have to make sure I have enough time. So back then I would, I would think to myself, okay, like my bus for school comes at this time, it takes me this long to get ready. And that means I have to get up at this time. Like I would work backwards from like what time do I need to leave? Sleep (laughs) as long as possible. Oh, that was me too. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And so I I figure out that math equation of like, okay, if I want enough time to get ready in the morning and get out the door on time, then here's when I have to get up. And so I've carried that mindset like through high school, through college, and now into adulthood. I think to myself, um, you know, you'll you'll see on my Instagram sometimes I'm up at five o'clock in the morning getting my workouts done. And sometimes I allow some more flexibility to my day if I feel like I'm in a rut with that. But most of the time when I get that five a.m workout done and it's out of the way for the day. One, nobody can bother you at 5am. You're not clocked into work. You're not checking your emails. Everyone else is asleep. There are so many less distractions at 5am than there are at 5pm. And so recognizing that and being in your own little sanctuary doing, whether it's at the gym or your own like home office gym, wherever you're going to be doing that workout, you realize that moment of peace where you're like, this is actually my time. And, and even if you only have 30 minutes to, to be like before the kids wake up and, and you're just dying that little sliver of you time, do a, three exercises. And, and that's you, you can allow that to be good enough because that if that's what your best is based on your circumstances right then and there awesome mama. Like you got it done. And you can fully be in that mind muscle connection, which allows you to feel your muscles as you're, you're training, right? You're not thinking about your kids or the 12 other to-do lists that you have to do right after. Like you wake up and set your day at a different pace. And I do my morning workouts as well, but, and from a mom perspective of like, I'm a different mom. If I get my workout done in the morning and have that peace to myself, then I can show up for my kids, show up for my clients, have a more like evenly paced out day, some sort of break at some point, right? So whenever you do choose to have kids, you have embedded this incredible habit in now. And I mean, how often... Like we go back to the time, you know, the struggle, we don't have time. So how often do we lead that to, I'm going to stay up super late because I didn't have any time to myself. I woke up in a panic. I've been running out the door, da da da, doing all kinds of things. Now my kids are in bed and it can lead to like negative habits. Mm-hmm. right? Of I'm going to eat crap because I'm staying up late and I enjoy it. I deserve it. I never had any moments to myself, but moments in the morning to yourself are a thousand times better than exhausted not moments to yourself at night. Yes. hundred percent. And, and you'll feel that difference too. It's going to be so hard for someone 
to shift that because I get it. Like at the end of a long ass day, you said that word, like, I deserve this. Like, of course you're going to feel like you just busted your ass all day and you do deserve time for yourself and time to relax. But is this productive? Sure. It might feel like mindless and good and relaxing, but think about it. Is it productive to like adding to your quality of life and adding to like actually filling your cup? Whereas if you start to shift it to, okay, my me time is going to be that 5am, maybe 4.30am workout. And you're going to realize, wow, this just bought me back hours to my day. Like maybe I, I have to go to bed a little bit earlier and, you know, shift my schedule a little bit. But now when my work day is done, I literally just get to enjoy time with my kids, maybe go to bed shortly after them, which is amazing. And this is just, it's adding to your quality of life, that extra you time, instead of just that exhausted, mindless snacking and TV, which can be great. You know, everyone needs those veg out sessions sometimes. Um, but just, you want to look at it like, is it conducive to my bigger goal here. 100%. And not only that, when you're working out in the morning, you're going to make a healthier, uh, at least an effort to make a healthy meal after that and snack a little bit less and your energy levels, right? You conquer the day. If I got a workout in, if I have anything important at all, I'm always getting a workout in before that because I'm my most mentally clear at that point. Right. So it gives you, I love that you stated that. And that's so important because you do gain more. Yes. Somebody who is really busy, everybody's busy. If you take an hour away from doing something else, I know that that's your time is sacred, but you're giving yourself an energy burst, like no coffee. I love my coffee too, (laughs) but coffee will not give you as much energy as a good weight training session, right? And yes, I know it could be cardio too, but nothing will give you more energy for the rest of your day, like taking 30 minutes or a little bit longer to get a good workout in. Yes. Yeah. It just, the endorphins and just like that feeling of accomplishment of like, wow, I actually did it. Like, and now you start to identify as I am someone who wakes up at 5am and works out, like flip my hair, like dust my shoulders off. I, I am that kind of person. And you start showing up as quote unquote, that kind of person. Confidence. Yes. You, you need that. And it comes from showing up at the gym showing up consistently. I, most of my women do start off at home and I'm totally okay with that, especially with all the COVID nonsense. You have to work out at home these days, but I love when women start to begin to say, okay, I'm ready to to go to the gym, you know, for half my workouts. I'd like to try that. And then they're, you know, a full flow going to the gym and in the main room with the men, like your confidence is important. And I believe everyone deserves confidence and especially I find with our position as our job, like we need confidence to show up in the camera. We need confidence to, you know, show up and do hard things. We all need that. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's hard because not like confidence does have to be like cultivated and worked on. Practiced. Exactly. And it comes through the consistency, which is another weight loss struggle, right? Anybody can do things when we feel like it, when we're motivated to do it. But 5 a.m. workouts are never easy to stay consistent with, right? And 
again, I'll touch on what you had said because not me too. I get up early. I was up 4.30 this morning, but do I do that every seven days? No. And I'm kind to myself that not every day is going to be perfect, right? But it's about the consistency over the perfection of it. Always, always wanting to aim for consistency over perfection, because if you go in with that idea of I have to do this 100% every single day, nothing in life, like nothing is 100%. Nothing is perfect. Your relationships won't be perfect. Your house will not be perfectly clean all the time. Your workouts aren't always going to be perfect. If you can just look at it more objectively and say, did I at least give a good solid effort to this. Like, did I get three workouts this week, even though I snoozed through my alarm for that fourth one? You know what? I needed the extra sleep. Good for me for doing the three workouts. Like you, you got to keep that light mindset with yourself or you're going to only be like shit talking yourself over and over and over and getting nowhere. And then eventually you give into those thoughts. You give into those and say, okay, well, I'm not getting anywhere with all this hard work. I'm not making any progress. So I might as well give up. Right. When it's like, no, like you've been making progress far beyond a number, far beyond, you know, you haven't been perfect, but what about all the good? Right. What about the small things that you're diminishing, like brushing off? Right. We amplify the things we do wrong, yet we we forget about, okay, I did eat breakfast today. That's progress. The win. <laughs> right. I, like you said, I went to the gym three days this week. Would I have loved to get there five? Of course. But progress is still progress. Yeah. And if you can consistently be making those, um, even just like decent to good efforts, then you're going to get somewhere. And it goes back to being patient with it. Like if you can be consistent and you can start to learn when to implement that discipline, because like you had said too, that those 5 a.m. workouts, they're not always going to be your first choice. Like your, your alarm's going to go off and you are going to just in that moment feel warmer and cozier than you have <laughs> ever felt when you're battling yourself trying to fall asleep and your bed feels like a bed of nails. But now that it's 5 a.m. and the alarm's going off, it's like a cloud. Yeah, it's like the best place you've ever been. So having to be in that moment and say to yourself, okay, I slept okay. Like I got a good amount of sleep. The alarm's going off. Do I necessarily want to do my workout right now? No, but really quickly relate to yourself. The kids are still asleep. My husband or my wife is still asleep. This is my time. If I can get up, just get up, just stand up, like less thinking and just stand right up. And then by the time you've got your workout clothes on, that tired fog starts to drift away. You get your music going and then there you are. And because of that little moment of discipline that you just like put in there where you said at this very moment, this is not exactly what I want to do, but my better self she knows that this is what needs to happen. So she's getting up and she's going to do that workout like that. That little bit of discipline will lead you to that consistency that allows you to see that progress. And allow it to get a bit easier eventually, right? You have to have that some sort of willpower. And I think it's really important. That's why you really know what your goals are. Like you're not striving for, I'm going to be happy because I need to lose 10 pounds. No, like, I actually recorded another podcast episode on this this morning about how it's it's a feeling you need to be striving for because no number on the scale is going to get you out of bed consistently at 5 a.m. You need to understand the feeling of how good it feels when you get the morning workout in before everybody else is awake. 
right? The feeling of, I know I'll have a thousand times better day, right? And you go back to sleep for a little bit and chances are you feel worse when you wake up. Anyway, you weren't really sleeping, right? You have to do more hard things, right? And we're talking about weight loss struggles here, but there's going to be a point when you reach your goal. So you're going to have to shift gears, right? So that thing that you're climbing for constantly, you're just going to keep raising the bar, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. There's going to be a point like the grass is always going to be greener on the other side. Even if you ended up hitting your goal weights, like you always preach to yourself, I'll be happy when I'm down to 130 pounds. Like that's when I'll be happy. It's like, okay, so let's fast forward to like, you're, you're finally there. Okay. Like, are you now infinitely happy forever and ever because you weigh 130 pounds? Like that's your standard of happiness. It's like, what if you weighed 145 and you have a great relationship with your kids and you're having regular date nights with your significant other and you're getting three workouts in a week and you know, you're, you're drinking, you know, half a gallon of water and you're a busy mom and you're, you're kind of thriving, but you're not 130 pounds. You're not hitting five lifts a week. You're not drinking a gallon of water, you know, like the bar was slightly lower and it's not exactly where you, you put that epitome of success and happiness. Are you going to just say, no, I'm not happy. Cause I'm not, I'm not at that like big, big benchmark that I set. Like you got to be realistic with yourself and also understand that you're not chasing this destination. Like, yes, it's so great to have a solid goal to be working towards, but remember too, that the journey things along the way and like the other pieces of your life that are woven into like the improvements in other areas of your life that get woven in as you improve yourself, like that matters too. Like, don't forget that this whole journey is the destination. Like it is like, there'll definitely be hard parts that suck that you're going to want to wait, you know, get through the storm, just do the movement. Same with workouts. Some are harder to get through than others, but yeah, I've actually personally been this weight when I did a competition, but I might've been smaller but I was not healthier by any stretch, right? I was eating minimal calories, taking fat burners. I had a terrible relationship with food. So numbers wise, I mean, that's why I created this freaking podcast beyond the scale. It doesn't mean anything. Is it one data that you should use to measure your health? Absolutely. Is there some level of degree of your health when the weight number, you know, if it's too large, like you have health concerns, you should take charge of that, right? But we're both also like, we do love the weight training aspect, but we're similarly built as well. Like we have a lot of muscle and I loved your podcast episode about how you kind of talked about like other women, like not wanting to kind of look like us. I've had that explanation to myself as well. And I'm totally okay with it. Right. And we're like, you know what, for in our head, we're thinking like, you'll never will, but thank you. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) But no, it's, it's a different, um, a journey for us, right? Because we're not striving for a number. We're still striving for, uh, yeah, I want to gain muscle in this area. Sure. I got a wedding coming up. So I would like to be a little leaner here and there, but that's where striving for, you know, the feeling, the progress, all the pieces comes in over just looking for the one 
piece. Yes. So, so true. And like you, one of my favorite things that I'll remind myself of is your dream body is probably going to weigh more than you think it should. Like if you woke up one day and you looked in the mirror and you were like, oh, and, and you were granted your dream body, right? You woke up and you look and you're like, oh my gosh, I have ne- like, this is it. I am that girl. Like I feel so good. This is everything I've ever wanted. But then this magical genie who gave you this body says, by the way, you're 155 pounds. And you just like, were like, well, I look like crap then. I hate this because I should be 120 pounds or I should be 130 pounds. And they're like, wait, but you just said that this was everything you wanted when you looked in the mirror. Why are you going to let that number decide that it's no longer good enough? And in my experience, that was something that I had to get over because I used to think my epitome of health was being 130 pounds. Like if I went above that, like I was getting bigger, I was getting unhealthy or I was drinking too much. I think of all these things in my head of like, this isn't good. Like, even though I'd look in the mirror and I'm like, I'm gaining muscle. Like I I feel good. Like, but you know, it was that battle of trusting in the process that, you know, we're not walking around with our scale number tattooed on our forehead. I'm not going and shaking people's hands and saying, hi, my name is Maddie. And this is how much I weigh. Like you need to, no one knows it besides you. Yeah, exactly. And, and so like remembering that there's other things that you can strive for. If you want a certain aesthetic, you know, and, and like you were saying too, not many, not every woman wants to necessarily look like me or you. We, we do carry a lot of muscle and, you know, we love it. We're feeling ourselves. We're strong and it's great. But some women might say, good for you. It's a little too much for me and to each their own fair. But the process of getting you to that like slimmer toner lean look is still the same. You got to get the weights moving and all that. Exactly. And I've done powerlifting. I've been gaining muscle for years and years. It, it takes time. Do we wish it happened overnight? Of course not. <laughs> of course we do, I should say. But, you know, it takes time. It takes patience and effort. And you're right. If And I love to use actually Spencer's analogy in your podcast too with like, if he came out looking like the rock, I mean, does he, does it matter what number is on the scale? Of course yeah. not. <laughs> right. And I think I've battled with that myself a long time. I've played sports and I've always had more muscle, right? So it's taken me practice to get away from worrying about what that number is, right? Have I been up at higher numbers? Of course. And you strive for getting a little lower because that's, working towards a healthier you, a number of, you know, a target, but not necessarily getting there and feeling like that's the destination or that's my measure of health. It's still just a data point to aim towards, right? Like wedding coming up, I 100%, I want to feel my best. I want to feel confident. I don't want to look at my photos and be like, Okay, there's a couple too too many chins right there. Like, I want to feel good, right? So I have a target, but if I lose five pounds and I feel that's a really awesome weight, then that needs to be enough too. And I'll have that conversation with my clients where they'll tell me, you know, we're going through their check-in and they'll say, 
you know, I woke up, I've been feeling really lean. Um, I've been feeling really strong too. Um, and you know, like I look, I put on an outfit and I felt good, but then I stepped on the scale. It was up a pound and a half and I was pissed. And I'm like, wait a minute, why would you allow that silly piece of metal and glass and plastic to just take away, just snatched away all of those good feelings. If you wake up and you're feeling yourself, your outfits look good and you're just feeling lean and great. Why do you need to go confirm it with the scale? You don't like, and I had to have, uh, I, I had like a two to three year scale hiatus at one point because growing up, we always had a scale in our bathroom. I had a friend at one point in time, like every time we would hang out, we'd, we'd both get on the scale and talk about like our diet. And, and like, this was when we were like 13 years old, where we're comparing our weights and trying to exercise and weigh less and all of that. And it came to a point where I was like, I'm just like beating myself up. If I see that number move and I'm feeling like I'm, I'm fat when I've, I've never been overweight in my life. I've been a very healthy average sized person my whole life. And I feel the same. And I feel I'm still victim of it sometimes, right? Oh, yeah. Where we do get on the scale and we see a number that we think should be lower because of what we put in, right? We live in an instant world where you track your food for two days and you're like, I should be down five pounds. <laughs> It takes more time than that. I didn't mean to cut you off, but you know, it, you took, it's more than that number. Yeah. And like in that time, like taking away from the scale, I realized like that was really when too, I started lifting heavier weights. So what was really good is that I wasn't necessarily chasing weight loss or anything like sure. In my head, I was like, I want to be toned. I want to be lean, but here's the workouts I'm doing. And I feel good. I have no idea what I weigh. And right now that's, what's working for me. And little did I know that I was kind of slowly gaining about 10 pounds over the course of those few years, but not in a negative way. And so when I finally, I saw a post um, from Jordan Syatt and he had mentioned, yeah. And he had mentioned like, he goes, all right, if, if we're not afraid of what that number on the scale says, and if that number does not define us and doesn't hold any power over us, then why can't we step on the scale each day? Why do you have to not own a scale? And that was like a clicking point for me. I was like, whoa, I am finally at a place where I haven't seen the scale in like two or three years besides doctor's appointments. So I have a rough idea of where I'm at, but he's right. If I'm not, if that number doesn't define me, if it has no power over me, I should be able to look at that number every day and just say, okay. And that's a conversation I have with my clients all the time. I tell them to put on their, their imaginary lab coat every morning, step on the scale and say, interesting data today. And then they walk away and I'm like, just look at it like a scientist and try to justify, Oh, a spike. Interesting. Like what could have caused a one pound spike? Like, did I sleep bad? Did I have more sodium yesterday? Am I stressed? Is my period coming? And then there's so many factors. And I actually do a different approach with my clients with regards to scale. But I love, I love your perspective of your approach too, because you look at it as data and you take the overall average of your week because your weight does fluctuate throughout the week. When I am working with my clients, I say once a week. Now, do we get on the scale some weeks and that's your highest weight of the week? It's not a, it's only one piece. So we definitely get our clients to then do say, okay, whoa, so many factors could have led to why your weight is up. You were consistent with tracking. You did get your workouts in, you know, water might not have been consistent. So let's check your week, get on the scale of Wednesday or Thursday, you know, whenever check in and see 
it could be different because you don't want to jump the gun. You don't want to start dropping your calories because of one weight being up, right? You have to stay a bit patient sometimes and consistent, wait it out. Right. And that's where that, that knowledge of knowing why the scale might change. Like for that client who's weighing once a week, if they step on and they see, oh, my average is a pound and a half heavier than it was last week, instead of them freaking out and saying, oh, I have to lower my calories, like, Deidre, this is these calories are wrong for me. Like you're giving you on the wrong, give me the wrong plan. It's like, hey, let's let's try to justify this spike a little bit. Like you're a week away from your period and you know, like your stress has been through the roof and like just knowing why the scale could move like that just allows people to accept it a little bit more and say, okay, you're right. I can move on. I still look great. Like I still feel great. So you're right. That number, like there's so many reasons why it could be moving. Right. I should just relax a little bit. I don't need to go crazy and give up today. Right. Or even like, you know, on vacation, when you are on vacation, like the goal should be to maintain your weight. Like that's a win. If you can maintain your weight, you're winning. Right. And then if you do gain a couple pounds, I mean, yeah, when you get back into your routine of workouts again, it's going to come back down. You got to understand there's waves of it. Hormones too, right? There's just some weeks you're going to be up, right? It's understanding and it's a practice. I've actually, and weirdly too, like we're very alike, um, like we're even approximately about the same weight and neither of us get, care about what our number is. And sometimes I have shared mine as a learning purpose as well on social media. And I've had people say to me, oh my God, I would never have said you're that weight. But I'm like, and in my head, I'm like, Okay. But like, that's not an insult. That's not anything. Like, I don't care what that number is. Right. Do I, when I'm really working towards a goal and the weight's the same, am I like (laughs) frustrated? Total freaking lutely. Right. But then you have to remember the patience of, okay, you had a cheat meal not that long ago. Cool it. Like you're doing better then, you know, you got to get over the perspective of thinking perfect is the only way to, right? Yes. Especially when you're, you're trying to really raise the bar and you're, you are trying to give your best and you are trying to strive to reach the goal as fast as you can. Yeah. And I've gotten that same comment as you before, where someone, if I share like my height, my weight, and like just also a photo of what I look like, someone will say, I don't mean this as an insult. I just never would have thought you weigh that much. And just for reference, for people listening, I'm somewhere anywhere in the range of 145 to 150. And at five foot four, a lot of people are like, wait, what? Like you weigh that much? Like I always thought I had to be 120 pounds, but I want to look like you and you weigh 150 pounds. Well then sign me up. And I'm like, (laughs) see, like, that's why, you know, that number is so relative to the individual because there could be another woman who's by four, 150 pounds and they have a different body composition because, you know, they haven't been lifting weights for the past eight or nine years. Exactly. And they are in the perspective of, okay, they're not healthy. They're not taking care of themselves. They're not exercising at all. Right. And that's where I, that's the exact same thing where I was saying, you know, the number doesn't matter, but there is a point where you should have yourself what works for you in a healthier range. 
right? That's when it's time to hire a coach, have that wake up call to take action, right? Because then your daily life starts to get hurt, right? Maybe you don't need to do those 5 a.m. workouts like us crazy nuts, but there's a, there's a starting point for everybody, right? Some sort of, if you're not working out at all, you got to start somewhere moving your body, right? Even with walks, like the easiest way to get exercise and start improving your health, starting with walks, like start practicing waking up at five, 6 a.m. and just going for a 15 minute walk and showing yourself, hey, I'm capable of getting up early. Okay, well, I'm also capable of getting up early and moving. So now I'm capable of getting up early and moving with intention, lifting some weights or, or, you know, following a YouTube follow along workout, if that's what you feel comfortable with at first. And just like slowly like being patient with yourself and giving yourself the time that you deserve to build these habits. Just like when you're a kid in kindergarten, you don't come in and they hand you a chapter book and expect you to know how to read. Like they give you the time. They say, of course, I don't expect you to know how to do all this. You're new. You're brand new. Why would I expect perfection out of you? And people coming into the fitness world, it can be so intimidating because if your Instagram feed is filled with these Gymshark athletes and coaches who all know what they're doing and look great and preach all this great info, it's like overstimulus. It's like, whoa, this is a lot and I'm never going to be on that level and I don't belong here. And it's that imposter syndrome too, where it's like, who am I? Who do I think I am? Oh my God, I still... Still, like I'm a total imposter. I don't know what I'm doing, but I look back a year and I'll go and I'm like, well, thank God I'm not there either. Right? You grow. It's amazing to watch yourself grow and learn and change. Exactly. There, the imposter syndrome is everywhere. I mean, there's always somebody who, yes, is going to be fitter than you, stronger than you, look like they know what they're doing more than you. But like, if you never start, like, how do you know? Like, it's taken us a long time to come up with the tips of making it easier, of getting into the routine, of enjoying the exercise pieces, right? But we've had to go through the uncomfortable stage, go through the hard parts, go through the very difficult hard parts, right? Where it's uncomfortable. You don't know what you're doing. I still in various stages of my life have no idea what I'm doing, but I still have to start, right? I still have to take the action because that's the only way you're ever going to get better. You're going to get through all these struggles that we just discussed better. I have one episode I really enjoyed recording. It was It's called like riding the waves, right? Because it's not about being perfect and we just get better with time. There's going to be waves of life that hits us. Events, vacations, death in the family, like struggles, they're going to hit you. The goal isn't to just never have struggles and it always is just magical and you're at your weight loss goal and you don't have to exercise. It's not about that. It's about when you go on vacation, you have a moderately healthy vacation right? When you fall off track, you get yourself back on track a little bit quicker than you normally would. Or when you have a cheat meal, you just stick to the cheat meal and you don't go crazy for the next week. It's about like just getting better at learning how to deal with the struggles of of losing weight, of living healthy and still maintaining it. 
Yeah, I love that analogy. It's so perfectly said too, because even after, like, even as that mindset strengthens, you might go on a vacation, you know, you make decently mindful choices and you still indulge and enjoy yourself, but you come back and the scale spikes like three and a half, four pounds. And you're like, what did I do? Oh my God. I might as well just extend this vacation eating for another week and just not care. But if you decide, you know, the morning after you come back, you're going grocery shopping and you're just going to track your macros and hit them like a normal day. Boom. Like you just minimized how much you would have put yourself like way off track if you extended that. But you know what? No, you close the gap. You end the vacations over back to real life. Like now you're, it's the difference of just some vacation weight or like some vacation weight and now actual poor choices that are leading you to being further away from where you were. A hundred percent. And then you'll actually realize half of it was water weight. And now that you're working out again, boom, you're back at your normal weight yeah. in that within that week, right? It's a balance of it. And we're all going to have struggles. We're all going to have different struggles that come up at different levels. You can't predict them, but you can control what is in your control, right? What's the next workout? whether you go get grocery shopping today or next week, right? What you take control of now. So, okay. I want to close it off. This is my top question for you. If I know we talked a lot, a lot of different struggles that we've both had and our clients have had in different various ways, but out of your biggest struggles that you've learned, and if someone was struggling with that same struggle right now, what would be your best advice to give to them? Oh, okay. So my biggest struggle in my journey, I think was probably letting go of the scale and letting go of just understanding that my body can look phenomenal. And and that's a judgment call of my own. What looks phenomenal. It's not on anybody else. My body can look phenomenal at a number that I've never seen on the scale before in terms of like how high it goes. And so if someone is out there struggling with, you know, um, I'm working with a coach maybe, and, um, they, I'm only, I'm still 10 or 15 pounds away from my dream weight, even though it's probably just this arbitrary number. Um, and you're struggling because you might look phenomenal, but you think there's more, like there's more and more more, more. Never enough. Yes. Allow your body, like the grass is greener where you water it. So look at where you're at now and appreciate that. Pour love into yourself and remind yourself that like that number, it's literally just your relationship with gravity. How do your clothes feel? How do, how do your movements feel? Are you stronger? Is your form better? Are you more consistent with your bedtime and your water? Like look at all the factors. Sure. The scale is an important piece of data that has its time and place, but if that number has no significance to your actual health and it's just what you used to weigh in high school, then honey, you're not in high school anymore. Let your body be an adult body. Like Exactly. And measure it in a different sense. Like if that, you know, if you're striving for 10 pounds, because there is areas that you're struggling still with right now, there's a lot of gaps that, yeah, you could be working out more consistently, right? You could be eating way less snacks snacks at nighttime. Like if there's legitimate areas for you to progress, well, quit the excuses, Take the action to do what needs to be done to improve those so that you you feel better about your balance of your life. But that doesn't necessarily mean 
a number in any sense. It could mean two pounds, not 10, right? I love that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for getting on with me and covering this many struggles because not only are we still practicing, you know, learning and loving this process and our bodies and our confidence and all of those things ourselves too, there's just so much bad all the negativity I said for the diet culture, but there's just, there's a lot of bad there too. And there's a lot of things that have put women in a mindset that they're still stuck in. Right. So I want to be able to touch on as many people as we can to help them get out of that and realize there's more beyond the scale. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so great. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. And I hope you have a few takeaways. If you're struggling with any of the topics that we discussed today, I encourage you to reach out and get some help if you need it, or take some of the advice that we had given you in regards to shifting perspectives, being more specific on your goals, and thinking about the long end game rather than the short time hustle. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you will share this episode with one of your friends or family members or somebody you know who is struggling with weight loss and could really benefit from listening in to this episode. You can also tag me or share it in your Instagram stories. We would love to see it. Love to see that you are listening. And thank you again for joining us. See you on the next episode.